This aircon is racist. I have never ever been a spy. Can the PBS bank uh, The problem is that pinky. I will never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shit. Can you please come in? Welcome to your weekly dose of political shenanigans with us at the Sunday Times Politics News Desk. This is the Sunday Times Politics Weekly Podcast. With my team here, um, Zingisa Mvumvu, Apiwe De Klerk, and Zimasa Matawane. Guys, thank you so much for joining us in studio. We've come off a great month with our increased listenership at the podcast. So we're doing really well. I just want to thank everyone who's listening in. Thank you for the support. We're growing and we're loving the responses we're getting on Twitter as well. Please interact with us on Twitter at hashtag STPoliticsWeekly. And we're going to get straight into it with our first section, the good, the bad, and the newsworthy. Kicking it off, we always love to start with some juicy news around our former president, Jacob Zuma. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, he's in the news again. He has urged the youth of the ANC to use next year's National General Council to reignite the fight for economic freedom. Now, he says this, but we know it's not really what he means. Zuma was addressing a packed hall of ANC Youth League members during a dialogue exploring the role of the league in the party in Sophia Town, this was last week, Thursday. He suggested that the ANC's revolution had reached a stagnant phase and went on to tell young people that they need to take care to take a central role in ensuring that policies which seek to resolve the plight of ordinary South Africans are prioritized, even if they negatively affect investor confidence. Now, huh, this is a massive jab at our current president, Sol Ramaphosa. Massive jab. Because basically what he's saying is that Screw Ramaphosa's investment drive. If our policies are not speaking to that, then don't worry about it. And what he's also saying is that the ANC's resolution has reached a stagnant phase. So he's criticizing Ramaphosa's leadership once again. Let's listen to a little little bit of what the former president said first. We are going to the NGC next year. As the youth, you should be saying here is an opportunity. Let us compile our presentation as the ANC Youth League on this matter in that gathering of the branches. That's what I would be saying. And in addition, I would be saying this is our mission. Because once presenting those, I think it is important for you to say This is what we are proposing should be done. And if there should be a resolution on how we implement ANC policy and why we should not, when we come out of the ANC conference, say something different. Now, Zimasa, you and and Zagisa both went to this event. What did you make of the former president's speech? Um, he's uh, testing his strength. He's uh, trying to see that if I, Jacob Gelechegisazuma, invoke <laughs> the boogeyman of the NGC, mm. will the youth of the ANC be receptive? Will they, you know, show interest in revolting against, you know, the current leadership? Mm. Uh, the current leadership that is, uh, according to the, pres- the former president of the ANC, they are refusing to adopt policies that are pro-poor, mm. RET policies. 
Um, and you know that's 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 we know that's how Zuma rolls. First, he's a victim. Then he gets people who, whom, will support him in being a victim while he's turning them against the current leadership. So it's, yeah, it's. <laughs> See, but but he's also exploiting this thing that there is no youth league, right? <laughs> does does the president, the former president, does he still have support within the youth league? But yeah. there is no youth league. Is there a youth league? No, there isn't. But you see, uh, I mean, uh, former president Zuma is, is very smart. Mm. One thing he knows uh, throughout the political course of history in South Africa and globally. Young people tend to be very instrumental. Of course. I mean, uh, just speaking about South Africa, 1976, one of the most critical moments in our history, it was the youth that was in the forefront. In fact, the ANC, which is one of the events that he referred to, the ANC Youth League, its formation was on the basis that the youth at the time within the ANC felt that the old guard was too soft, was taking too long to, you know, take them to where they wanted to go. And, and and that's what Zuma understands. So that is why now he's trying to instigate the youth. But the funny part about him now is that he is the one who killed the youth. In fact, he killed a youth that could have been instrumental in taking him down. Because you'd remember the youth of Julius Marima had started yes. speaking about these policies mm. that he claims to champion today. The radical policies, uh, nationalization of Reserve Bank and all these issues that he talks about today. It is when uh, the Youth League of Julius Marima started talking about those that he, he stamped his foot down. And, 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 and got them expelled from the ANC. So it, it's very funny that it's him of all people. I feel like Zuma has sort of forgotten that he was president for 10 years. And if he wanted these radical policies, he could have put them in place very easily during his tenure. But even the mildly not so radical policies that were taken at, at Pulukwane and, and in Mangawung under his leadership mm. of the ANC, we, we, we have a whole lot of, of policies that were never implemented under his leadership. So I, it's very hypocritical of him to just stand on a podium and expect that Nasrek, within a year and a couple of months, mm. this should have been done already, this should have been done. He's clearly trying to turn the youth of South Africa and exploiting our pain of, of unemployment and, and poverty and everything else that we, 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 we experience turning it against the current leadership and that is... For his own political violation. Yeah, survival. <laughs> you see, one of those policies uh, uh, that he had a very big fight with that led to the fallout with uh, Zolin Zimavavi amongst other things, mm. were the banning of labor brokers. Yes. That was that, that's not very difficult, eh? And that was taken in Puluwa. It's not rate. even revolutionary, man. This thing, it should have been done a long time ago. Yeah, Get it's, rid it's, of the middlemen. Yeah. So, it, the youth... They say we want jobs. Mm. They have to go and register to to these agencies. Mm. Those agencies they actually sell the youth, of course, to whomever. Yeah. Uh, wh- whatever happens during uh, that period uh, or at their workplace, they are not uh, employed, say, by a mill. Mm. So if you get problems with me, mm. you just tell the guy, but you must bring someone else. This one is not, uh, you know, cooperating. Mm. Now I can't take you to the CCMA. Okay. I have to, you, you know, mm. very exploitative people. And um, they are, the, the employer pays uh, the labor broker 15,000 for, for your work. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the the, empl- the employee would would get like four thousand. Mm, exactly. That sort of. And he was president when those things were happening, 
and he was keeping quiet. I mean, uh, even even on the South African Reserve Bank nationalization debate, I mean that that resolution was not taken in Nazareth. Nazareth, it was just reaffirmed. Of course, it was taken in uh, Mangawung where he was re-elected president. He had a whole four uh, plus years to do something he didn't do anything about it and no one called for any youth to revolt well there was no youth to begin with <laughs> <laughs> no, so but, but yeah in, in fact when he gets to the stage the next time he wants to uh, address a youth league event if i was a member of the youth league i would say wait 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 wait, wait a bit please give us a presentation of all the uh, resolutions that you implemented of the ANC, mm. one mm. by one from number one to number yeah. last and then we will it, we will check against the resolutions that were taken uh, <laughs> when you were elected yes. and you know and then we have a proper debate we say ah no maybe maybe you are right yeah. but let's look at the bigger picture here Zimasa because um, you're quite clued up with internal ANC factionalism here and, and how it sometimes. works sometimes sometimes <laughs> <laughs> Zuma's saying that the ANC's revolution has reached a stagnant phase that's quite a very that, that's a very very strong point mm. and the point he's trying to make here is that the movement that you voted for and the movement that you're part of is not fulfilling its mandate to change the country around. And this is the criticism of President Ramaphosa. I Does Ramaphosa, can, should nobody be taking any action against Zuma for saying something like this? This is criticizing the ANC as a whole, is it not? Is this not bringing the party into disrepute? No, but I think, I think, I think that one is a fact. No, it, it I, is a I, fact. I agree with <laughs> yes. you on that one, but it, the, the stagnation did mm. not start no. at the beginning exactly. of Ramaphosa's term. Exactly. It started, I would I would even say, rightly after the ANC got political power in 1994, oh, they were supposed to make a whole lot of radical changes exactly. then. So they let it happen the way that it's happening now. And even under his presidency, it was business as usual. Mm. So why must uh, Cyril stress himself and, and mm. off investors? Mm. Why did he not mm. off investors here in Uzum? <laughs> and 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 you see, Uzimasa is correct on one thing. That that statement is not far-fetched, but it's far-fetched in that he links it to yes. uh, the current president, Cyril Ramaphosa. Uzimasa is correct. The ANC reached stagnation when it took state power in 1994 because part of its mission, the, uh, they had achieved the mission of political freedom, but they pretended as if the entire struggle was always about the right to vote, but the bigger <laughs> mission of the struggle yeah. was to have, uh, you know, some sort of equality in society, jobs for everyone, uh, equal participation in the economy. And those things haven't happened for 25 years under ANC rule. So the ANC in its entirety has failed and has stagnated in that, well, the only thing that they've been doing is to share and give tenders to their friends, you know, yeah. and, and build Ngandras <laughs> and all those things. Yeah, and befriend Guptas. You know, <laughs> if we take it back to, to then, uh, what you, you you and Zimasa are saying was when the stagnation started. There is a common factor there. The only person who had been there from there right up until 2017 it's in him. the leadership, it's him. It's him. Yeah. Yeah. If it's anything, exactly. he's one of the major causes of that <laughs> stagnation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it reached a, 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 should you say, climax yeah. when he became president. <laughs> he <laughs> made it worse <laughs> <laughs> and sold us to Kuptaz. <laughs> it's him. Oh, well, okay. Let's take a quick break and we're going to move into our next section, which is the story of the week. We're going to be talking about Auditor General Kimi Makwetu's 2017-2018 um, municipal audit results when we get back from the break. Tune in.
Tune in to Cargumentative every Monday morning on Times Live Motoring. You can join myself, Thomas Faulkner, and my regular gang of automotive misfits as we discuss motoring news, views, and of course, have a cargument or two. That's Cargumentative only on Times Live Motoring. To advertise on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly podcast, email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. That's smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. Welcome back. Now this week, um, the Auditor General released his 2017-2018 municipal results and it is catastrophic, to put it at the least. Um, and he said, this undesirable state of deteriorating audit outcomes shows that various local government role players have been slow in implementing and in many instances even disregarded the audit office recommendations. And while if you look at his results, um, it shows that out of the 257 municipalities audited for the last financial year, only 18 received clean audits a regression from the about 33 municipalities that had received clean audits last year. And a total of 63 municipalities have worsened, with only 22 showing improvement. Guys, you're out of 257, only 18. That's not even, I don't think it's even 10%, even less. But that is shocking. Um, I know the Free State was one of the big um, sort of um, uh, warning lights going off last year, and now it just seems to have deteriorated even more. Does this show a lack of governance? I'm sure it does, but I mean, I mean, at a local level, we're looking at a national problem that we have around our state, and then we go down to local level and things are falling apart there as well. Where do we go from here? Okay, can I start? Yeah, go for it, it okay, You've been waiting yeah. for this entire week. Go ahead. No, no, you see, uh, local government has, has been a mess in South Africa for, for quite a long time. Of course. And uh, one of the main reasons why it is so, is that these small players of, of regional leaders and whatnot yes. suddenly become big boys mm. uh, when it comes to council issues. Uh, the chairperson of the ANC in 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 in, in Etequini becomes uh, uh, a be all and, and all. <laughs> <laughs> so the point that was made by Samu was a very important point that politicians when these audit uh, uh, outcomes uh, are published they blame accounting officers yes. meanwhile it is them who bring their cronies who know nothing mm. uh, about governance and and place them there as uh, um, as, uh, as bosses in the municipalities in, in, in different levels of that course uh, different portfolios now when they have to account firstly uh, they were brought here by councillor so and so who is the chairperson so you can't touch them but when councillor so-and-so does something wrong, they have to go with it because the next morning their job could be over. So that's the biggest problem with local government uh, uh, in South Africa, one of the biggest problems. So they are not being held to account. Mm. And with the previous regime that we just came uh, from, so if number one can eat, our number, I must also eat, so we must all eat. And that's the problem here. Everyone's eating yeah. and nobody's doing anything for the public. And you see, just to add on uh, Apua's point, I'm actually worried about the new amendments to the uh, Public Audit Act, which say that 
there will be severe consequences in that uh, in the future, which kicked in now in April uh, this year. But of course, in, in terms of the AG, they will kick in in the following report, where it says that now in the future, accounting officers, if it was found that certain things like unauthorized expenditure were you know, recorded because of clumsiness, they will have to be fined uh, personally. And I did ask the AG uh, during this briefing last week that what exactly appeal is saying to say that, but most of the time we know, it's a known fact that most of the time when uh, accounting officers sign off on things that they know they are wrong, they usually caution uh, even council and, and, and mayors, but because of what Abio is saying in that these people are at the mercy of these people, they are employed, they can be fired tomorrow. And if you know that the mayor here is a strong person who can literally turn the entire council against you and they vote you out and they, they vote to resolve that, you must be fired. You will be fired and you end up signing. At the end of the day, you take the flag. But politicians, and, and, and I, I think it's quite vague, the amendment to, to the Public Audit Act on what should be done about politicians who put unnecessary and illegal pressure on uh, you know accounting officers. So it, it's really shocking. Accounting officers in the main, they take the bug for, some, for things that they know nothing about or things that they didn't instigate. At the core of this is the strong man and strong woman at the local level as a pure, a correct articulated. I think let's just make a point here. Before people come and say that we're making wild accusations here, when we said that people are eating and not taking care of the public. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the report found that 92% of municipalities do not comply with legislation. It means that they're not complying in the sense of management and procurement of contracts, which often involve suppliers not indicating a conflict of interest on the absence of co- and the absence of competitive bidding. This is what the Auditor General yeah, and, said. And, and the city of Chopek apparently is the leading one on that <laughs> exactly. point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're coming to those. <laughs> yeah. coming to those ones. So it's it's not like we're making this up. The Auditor General said that we're not giving out contracts properly, and this is um, the problem we have in our in our state and with our local governments, where we're giving, where where politicians are giving tenders out to their friends who can't do the work, and then the cities end up suffering afterwards. Surely we need some sort of change in the entire structure and how we deal with these things. Surely, guys? Yeah, look, one of the the, 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 the saddest part about, uh, you know, the compliance versus uh, the delivery of work, uh, you find it when you go to these small towns. Uh, tenders are issued. Uh, some of them, actually, they comply comply but when you go to the field yeah. and see the work that they done yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I was in my hometown uh, this past week in Mtat they, they, they are more potholes than they are tad roads yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mess yet uh, year in and year out they budget for companies to upgrade roads to fill potholes and so on it's, it's, it's really a mess uh, South, African, South African looting is on a whole different it's, level I mean, I mean if you're going to if you're going to get a contract to build 10 bridges at least like steal the money for one bridge but pull the other <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's worse so I mean, just to, to amplify the points that we're making with facts mm-hmm. on the same report the the AG reported for instance one of the cases that he stated uh, which speak to what Apu has just said is a project in Metzma Hall to build a sports complex mm. uh, which costed more than 20 million and in terms of compliance and submitting that they spent, they did submit to the AG. But the AG says he was stunned. He almost collapsed when he went there. He couldn't find even foundation, no fence. But yeah. 20 million has been spent. <laughs> and they're reporting that, yeah, when you check the tender processes, everything was followed. Yeah. But there's nothing on the ground. Now let's talk about something very different here. Let's talk about the metros in South Africa. Let's start with Nelson Mandela Bay. 
in the Eastern Cape, sitting with a whopping 536% increase in irregular expenditure since the previous financial year. Now, that was, wasn't that when the DA, the DA was in charge of running that municipality? It's when they week? took over. Exactly. Let's yeah, talk about and it. let's go to Johannesburg as well. And let's then talk about Cape Town as well. Let's talk, uh, uh, let's talk about Swane. And Swane. <laughs> so now the DA who once said that they were running full, fully clean audits, and that was their promise for local government, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. They seem not to be doing too well here, do they? Look, let, let me start on this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, listen, let me give, give you some background here. Piwe has been looking at this report and he has been gunning to say this the entire week. He has been loading <laughs> ammo everywhere. Don't, 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 He's got some strong views on this. So we, we've been waiting to hear this for a long time. Don't, don't be like that. <laughs> the only reason I'm passionate about this, the, the, these metros is mm. because, you know, when you 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 see the, the corruption and so on and you believe or the mismanagement of funds and so on and you believe that the people who would take over from these ones yes. would come over and clean yes only to find out that the metro that is being run by Mzwandile Masina Mayor Mzwandile Masina <laughs> is the one that is doing better than city of Tswane and city of Johannesburg <laughs> and in Nelson Mandela Bay when uh, Adolf Trollip took over as mayor it became worse yeah uh, then where is the hope? Most <laughs> and, and they, they, they were campaigning on this issue of clean governance yes. uh, just now. Um, the previous mayor who was in charge when this was happening in in, in the city of Tswane, where the auditor general said um, uh, the, it is it increased by five hundred million since the previous uh, financial year, which is uh, unauthorized expenditure. Mm. Increased by five hundred million. Five hundred million is a lot of money. That guy was running to be the premier of. Exactly. Based on the ticket of clean governance. Mm. Now the Auditor General finds that, uh, but what, 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 what clean governance are you talking about? <laughs> you Two see, of the biggest metros mm. in South Africa run by them. What, what hope do we have then? It's horrendous. So basically our opposition party is just almost when it comes to local governments, just as bad as our government party. Absolutely. Not? Absolutely. If I mean, not you, worse. Look, look, you, you've got give, to give thumbs up to, to the DA in the Western Cape. It seems it's a Western Cape thing. <laughs> it has got nothing to do with the rest of the country because those municipalities that they run there, are, the majority of the municipalities that have uh, gotten clean audits are from there in the Western mm. Cape where they, they, they are in government. Yes. But they, it seems it's, it's something they can't ac- export. You see, it's, it's, it's like but, Bafana Bafana. <laughs> you, but you see, I mean, even, you see, of course, the, all these, these uh, three metros that are just getting worse, Tswane, City of Job, Ignacio Mandela, they are run through coalition governments. First of all, I think that on its own raises questions as to whether that kind of system of uh, partnership or power well, sharing, as they call it, it works. But by the look of the numbers, it doesn't seem to be working. But also no, on the no, West... Wait, wait, wait. Uh, uh, when I said Mzwandile Masina, he is running that municipality through a coalition. Well, in fact, and he's an ANC guy. And, yeah, so but the leading men in these other three are DA people. So, so we must use the numbers. We must be fair when we are using the numbers. Okay, in the DA. So, but I but was coming to my point to say that the DA either, even in the Western Cape, they are, they are deteriorating. I mean, uh, they got, of course, 12 of the 18 clean audits in all these 257, but it's decreased. I mean, it's a 30 percentage point decrease from what they had yes. achieved mm-hmm. the previous year. So it, even them, uh, the champions of clean governance, as they like to brand themselves, <laughs> are not as uh, clean as they would like us to believe.
Si, initially when this thing of, of coalitions started, when people were not, when the NC was, began not winning outright, a lot of people were saying that, well, now that we don't have a majority, people have to work together yeah. uh, and people are going to watch each other's backs and they will hold each other accountable and they will work together for the good of the community. But I mean, this thing, this, the, the report of the AG paints a very sad picture. Yeah. It it looks like at, at the end of the day we are just on our own. Nobody oh, cares. Let's just throw it forward here. We've got local <coughs> government elections coming up um, pretty soon, um, and 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 based on this, what do you even? Where would you even vote? Who do you even vote for when it comes to local government? Because nobody seems to be able to do the job. Are we just in a state where nobody can do the job, even if they want to, or are we just in a state where people are just? just needing to feed themselves. There's no but accountability. I, I, I mean, these things are very easy, especially mm. at local level. When you are procuring, you make sure the paperwork is there. Yeah. And that the person who, who says they can procure, mm. you can verify, they say, that they actually do have capacity and and they fix a, a road. I mean, yeah. uh, they, they build the houses they said they were going to build. They actually build the toilets, not that thing that was done there in Amatole, <laughs> that company <laughs> that had Kodimandash uh, inside. Yeah. Yeah. Those things, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, it's This is not rocket science. It's not like it, at, at municipal level, they are building dams yeah. or they are building power stations or... And most of these contracts is for simple things. Yeah, of course. But, but, but they just want to eat in jail. <laughs> but, but which part of eating uh, makes you not do what you are supposed to do? But Galogu, you can't eat and be able to work at the same time. There's it's no simple. change. These people inflate these prices, first of all. Uh, and so you, there's always money to eat. There's always a chance for you to eat there because they... <laughs> It's a mandate. If it's fifty rand, they say it's hundred and fifty. Yeah. So there is still money to eat. But you see, on on that Zim alone, then another question uh, should be whether this whole tendering system uh, ought not to be challenged. Of course. It, you know, I'm not saying uh, we we just kill tendering. Maybe we need to, uh, you know, uh, only follow the tendering system for major jobs like could be real construction jobs. But really, to tender for everything, I think that is part of the problem here. And that talk has been uh, ongoing, but it seems like there's no one. Uh, who's willing because of course the end goal is always to eat and they play javelin I give you you throw it the other side <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. so if you get tenders at a certain municipality then the politicians that uh, have power in that municipality I'm sure they can even wake you up at one to go pay for a bill at Cupan <laughs> 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 oh there's some stories that Tomasa knows about but she can't tell us <laughs> maybe, maybe she has benefited from a <laughs> <laughs> but you see, one one of the one of the most serious problems when it comes to uh, local government is that councillors are not empowered to scrutinise. If you see one council agenda, that thing is very thick. Mm. It always reminds me of uh, Stone Caesar when he was asked about whether or not he had read the Gandler report. He said, oh, that thick thing. <laughs> <laughs> and imagine in one council meeting, you get stacks and stacks of documents. So. You need to be trained enough to know which agenda items are important for the day and what do they talk to. So when they go to their caucus meeting, they just go to the caucus meetings because the mayor wants to hide some shenanigans here and there. They just brief them uh, on and over. No one goes through the documents and find the real things that are hidden there by the accounting officer together with uh, the mayor and their corrupt bodies. So they can't really scrutinize and ask, but what is this 200,000 for? Mm. At 
at, at Skopa, which is called MPEC at municipal level. And also during those uh, sittings of council and when the mayoral committees or the mayoral committee, the members of the mayoral committees are going to those committees to present what they have done, the reports on update, the reports on what is being planned going forward. Even when they are talking budgetary issues, IDP, they outsource the crafting of an IDP document to a company that charges them ridiculous amounts. And they craft those IDP documents, but now they think that their job is done. Guys, There's an IDP hours is to make sure they, the IDP passes, those, therefore the budget passes. But they never even a question, but, but in this IDP, why do we need bicycle lanes hmm. in the CBD here in Johannesburg when there are big trams filled with a uh, field? Hmm. Where are these people going to be cycling? Mm. Simple questions oh, like that. They, you, even, they even have expensive catering for council meetings instead of these people bringing their scarfed in because they get paid. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, they uh, bring McQueen and McCord and all those things. I mean, we uh, pay. But, but you see, what you are saying... No, to it's bullshit okay, that they... Last point, Zagisa, before yeah, we move on. Yeah, but on what Abiyo is saying about this people, it doesn't matter, brother, even if these people were capacitated. Part of the reason that maybe a point that we didn't mention is that part of the money of kickbacks and the javelin that they get from these business people, it doesn't only benefit them personally. At times, it goes on to sponsor their own the party. Conference, yeah, yes. you know. Yeah. So <laughs> if if the kickback that were given by that guy who gave the biggest construction tenant in this municipality, a half of it is going to go to the party, and you're a councillor of the party, oh, you wouldn't care. The 10%. Ask question, because it's about you. So nobody's, you talking about, nobody's talking about KZN here. Everybody's yeah. talking about <laughs> 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 But anyway, but we're it's funny. I mean, well, yeah. on KZN, just to finish it off, I mean, <laughs> KZN is not Etegwini uh, apparently is not doing that bad. I mean, given all the the shenanigans <laughs> that are happening around Mayor Zandilo Kumete, but in terms of the books, yes, mm-hmm. they are not doing. No municipality is go, is doing uh, perfectly well. But Your they are not. Your is the worst. But let's yeah. move on. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> let, let's just round it off with the city yeah. of Cape Town. There they fired the mayor for these shenanigans, but mm. they got a clean. Uh, did they got a clean audit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so these things. Uh, well, yeah, what were they up to there? Yeah, uh, we wonder. We wonder. Okay. Uh, okay. has something to answer for you. <laughs> but anyway, we're, we're going to take another quick break. When we get back, we're going to be ta- we're going to be telling you what to expect when you're unsuspecting. And this week, um, we're expecting a big clapback from the public protector, Busisiwe Nkobane, after President Zora Maposa released a statement earlier this week about her reports on Praveen Godon. <laughs> Young people are making their mark. Get up. Tune into the Sebenza Live Behind the Hustle podcast every Tuesday to find out more about what fascinating careers are out there. You can find us on the Sebenza Live website or you can follow us on Twitter on Sebenza Live. Sebenza boy. Sebenza girl. Sebenza. advertise on the Sunday Times Politics Weekly podcast, email us at smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. That's smiths at tsoblackstar.co.za. So this week, President Zora Maposa has told Public Protective Bosisewem Kabani, and Zagisa, I'm reading from your story here, that it is premature for him to take disciplinary action against Public Enterprises Minister Praveen Gordon. According to a statement by the Presidency on Monday, Ramaphosa has written to, in, to Nkwabane informing her that he will wait for the finalization of a High Court application brought by 
Godon, seeking a review of her report before implementing her recommended remedial action. Now, this has been a bit of a to and fro over the past couple of months. There's two big reports that the public protector is dealing with, which involve the president, um, one being the Bosasa allegations and the donation, the 500,000 donation to his um, presidential um, ANC presidential campaign. And then we've got her reports into Praveen Godan, which revolves around Ivan Play, um, former acting SARS commissioner, um, who was put on early retirement and given a nice big pension payout. But that the courts found was above board. So we're going to have to go. Let's leave the issues of the report aside because um, we've spoken about that before. But let's get back into this. So now we have another um, tussle up between the public protector and Ramaphosa. And it looks like he's not really going to comply with her recommendations just as yet. So we have a little clip um, by, ENCA, uh, by an ANCA journalist. And he was interviewing uh, Deputy Public Protector Kevin Malunga who sort of um, explained what the public protector is on about here. Some quarters believe that when the public protector's report is out, that remedial action must be implemented, yes. irrespective of, a dis- of, 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 the, of the report being taken on review. Do you agree with that? You must get an interdict. That's what the court says. So there's no interdict in this case? There's no interdict in this case. But of course, I think, look, uh, naturally within the nature of litigation, people have various interpretations. Okay, now Gudon has filed papers in the Gauteng High Court in Pretoria challenging the findings of Nkubani's investigation. Um, but there hasn't been an interdi- um, she hasn't been interdicted in this matter, has she, guys? No. No, no she hasn't. And if you remember, back in 2016, the Constitutional Court ruled in no uncertain terms that the remedial action recommended by the public sector was binding and should be implemented. Now, this leaves Ramaphosa in a bit of a bind, doesn't it? Yeah. Because basically he's got to take action on Godon because the public protection report hasn't been indicted. But he's saying, hold on, he's taken the matter to court. I'm going to wait for these proceedings to hold out. Why can't he then just suspend Godon for now until the court um, proceedings are over? You see, that's what we would have expected from the other guy, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> you see, for, for me, Amil, what, what confused me with the president's uh, statement uh, where he's claiming that he has complied, Okay, first of all, let's say the remedial action that the public protector had recommended on uh, the president to take on Mr. Pravin Gordon was to take inverted commas uh, appropriate yes. uh, disciplinary action mm-hmm. against uh, uh, Pravin Gordon. Uh, but he, the public protector didn't say as to when in 30 days, but okay, she went on to say instead that the president must submit a, a, an implementation plan of how he is going to go about in disciplining Gordon. Uh, uh, in 30 days in, in, in part of that uh, implementation plan which the president uh, seems to have done the implementation plan and I think the statement of the president should have just stuck to that to say that I have submitted the implementation plan as per the 30 days uh, required by the public and not delve into the issues of uh, you know the court review because there I think he is completely gotten it wrong but technically would he not then be lying no, no, but I'm saying he would. He should have stuck to the fact that he has complied with the 30-day implementation plan, which says that I will. But getting into the whole thing, it seems they here legally, as I mean, uh, others have argued, and as uh, per the ruling in the EFF versus Speaker case, where it says at the end that uh, for such for for, uh, for 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 one to suspend the remedial action of the public protector, you have 
an order of court that I'm quoting from the judgment mm. of the constitution, an order of court would have to be obtained. Mm. And that is where people are saying the order of court would have been obtained by Mr. Godan alongside application for review yes. and application to interdict the implementation of the remedial actions, which he didn't do and now leaves the president having this constitutional quagmire that he's stuck in. Yeah. See, but the problem here is that I remember back um, after this, this um, SARS inquiry that was held by um, Robert Nugent, um, they had sort of they found Godon had not been guilty in any of these issues. Um, they did a, a thorough investigation into this matter, and they found no wrongdoing. And I, if, if I remember correctly, a court also found that there was no wrongdoing in this matter. The thing is, where and I've, and I've read bits and pieces of the public protection report into Godon, and it's just rehashing a lot of old stuff that has already been explained. Um, so where does this leave a man who has been... Um, absolved of all these things, now having to face it once again. I'm not supporting anyone here, but now has his job on the li- Should his job be on the line? You see, um, my problem has always been on this particular issue that, look, you, you know you, you have all these avenues uh, mm. and so on. And the public protector uh, is a chapter nine institution. Yes. It, 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 you there has been numerous cases where someone has been taken to the Human Rights uh, uh, Commission. There is um, a public protector report and the case has been opened with the police. So it can be that because the, the one has completed and found like like this, that the two others can then follow their own processes. Mm. I don't understand uh, the logic there. Fine, you can say you have been absolved. Mm. But... On, with the public protector, you still have a, a, a court, uh, uh, the court, which he has followed. Yes. But uh, according to the deputy public protector, is that well, uh, he has the, he has not done so correctly. So, yes. Mr. President, do as we say. Mm. And we we've been saying true uh, uh, that with the previous guy, we were saying that, but but comply. Can can yes. the president say hereby reprimand you? Because this thing was easy. What the previous guy <laughs> said, you know, when he was forced eventually by yeah. the courts, he wrote a letter saying uh, the public protector uh, found that, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he has di- she, she has directed me that I must reprimand yeah. you. You are here by reprimand. End of story. Go take a week holiday somewhere. Come back to work. And you see what's what's really gonna be tough here for the president this ping pong that he's playing with yeah. the public protector and saying all sorts of things these things may actually come back to haunt him <laughs> exactly because, uh, right now yesterday uh, the EFF uh, announced that they will be going to 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 the constitutional court again i mean this mm. is fun that the constitutional court will have to interpret what, what they are they going to the constitutional court now to for? force the president's hand to act as per the remedial action of the public protector mm. you see now we're going to have all these uh, legal processes this side uh Pravinko dan has uh, applied for review this side this one's want to force the president's hand i think really the president uh, must uh, i mean do something and and bring this matter to finality and because he's got his own headaches mm. coming exactly uh, before yeah. His one is coming before the end of July. July. You know, you know, is all is already licking his lips, saying that he must he must not dare touch our money when taking the report to review. He must fuck up from his own pocket. So he wants Musi my money wants Ramaphosa to pay um, the the funds from his own pockets. Yeah, he has written to him today to say that if you are taking that report on Bosasa Mm. on review, you must pay out of your own pocket. When are we expecting deep pockets? So I mean, when are we expecting that report to be released? The 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 Bosasa report. Uh, Mr. Malunga here. 
during the same interview of the clip that we just played, he said it should be out any time from now and the 31st of July, but we won't go to sleep uh, by the 31st of July not having read uh, that. Well, let us Just hope that is, let us hope that is out before our next edition next week. But tune in um, again next week. Thank you guys all for joining me in studio. Um, it's been a pleasure having you here and, and thank you so much for everyone out there listening. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at hashtag STPoliticsWeekly. You can also find us on our Times Live website under the Opinions and Analysis page and we'll be posting links up and about everywhere on social media so get us there and um, please let us know what you think about the podcast give us some criticism if you think it's not working too well and if you have some um, tips for us to make it better we really would appreciate it and um, colleagues thank you so much for joining me in the studio again we'll catch you all next week with another week of um I'm sure we have some good concepts. Yeah, another week of shenanigans. <laughs> uh, shenanigans. We must rename this politi- this this podcast the to be political shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, actually. weekly shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We might have a new name for you guys next week. Catch us then, and have a good one. <laughs>